This is Sustainable-ish with me, Jen Gale, and it is great to have you here. Listen in each week and I hope I can brighten up your day and leave you feeling inspired and excited about the magnificent human being that you are and the power that you have to create a better world. You won't find any expectations of eco-warrior perfection here. There's no obligatory tree hugging. You won't be judged if you drive a car, wear leather shoes, or eat the odd pack of Haribo every now and then. I'll be sharing my own gems of wisdom for sustainable-ish living, and I also relentlessly scour the internet for people doing amazing things to tackle the big environmental issues that we're facing, and I hound them until they agree to come on and inspire us all with their fabulousness and the positive change that they're making. So sit back, listen in, and get ready to change the world one baby step at a time. Hello, hello. How are you? The podcast is back after a short Easter break. So how are you doing? Have you scoffed all of the Easter chocolate yet? These are the big questions. Or have you at least hidden it somewhere in the hopes that the kids will forget about it so you can then finish it off? Not that I'm speaking from uh, experience or sharing with you what I may or may not have done. (laughs) Okay, so today's episode Now, I know, I know, I always say for every single episode how excited I am about it, but it's true every single time and especially true today. I am especially excited about this one because it's about something that I bang on about a lot and that is individual action on climate change. Tom Bailey is the co-founder of an exciting new project called The Jump which is a grassroots project created by normal people. I like that one. I can relate to that one, normal people. Um, And it says on their website, the jump is for anyone worried about the state of nature, but who might not necessarily consider themselves to be an environmentalist. And again, I think lots of us might be able to relate to that one. So the jump was created by a group of researchers, scientists, parents, and teachers, all concerned about climate change. And they've actually done, uh, it's based off the back of some actual proper scientific research and they've used this science uh, to identify the six most impactful shifts. They talk about these shifts that we can make as individuals um, and they've identified the six most impactful ones that we can make as individuals, as households and as communities as well to play our part, our very important part um, in the climate action that's needed to keep global temperature rises below that all-important one and a half degrees C. So I, I'm a bit of a geek. I love a bit of science. I love some facts and stats, and I absolutely love the science and the facts that Tom shares in this episode. And I really, really love the approach that The Jump has around making these shifts accessible and joyful, actually. I think so much sustainability and especially climate news is quite doom and gloom. It's talking a lot about deprivation and uh, lack and less and things we're going to have to do without. But actually the approach that the jump takes is really about making these things accessible, thinking about the things that we gain rather than the things that we're going to lose through taking action. And I really do think that it's, um, it's a project and an approach that everyone can get involved with. So I hope that you enjoy listening to this as much as I enjoyed recording it. Do let me know. I would love to hear from you. If you sign up to The Jump, if you decide to take on any of those shifts, you can get in touch with me on jen at sustainableish.co.uk. I had to really stop and think then. jen at sustainableish.co.uk or tag me on social media where I'm at sustainableish. Um, And please, please, I think this is a really accessible, lovely, gentle intro episode. Um, to share with people who might not consider themselves environmentalists. So please do share this if you enjoy it with friends and family. Ask them to have a little listen. I'm sure I won't be the only one who is inspired by this. So listen in, enjoy, take action, and um, I will catch you next time. Take care. Hi, Tom. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Jen. Thank you. <laughs> Hi, Jen. Thank you <laughs> don't worry, me. don't worry. <laughs> I was mixing Jen and, Jay- and Gail there. <laughs> oh, yes. I've never had that, actually. That's quite exciting. Um, how are you? I am very well, thank you. Very well, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, enjoying the sun and excited about new horizons. Yeah. So, so you're going to talk to us today about the jump. But before yep. we jump into that, did you like what I did there? Um, <laughs> tell us a little bit about you. 
Cool, yeah. So, um, well, yeah, I've been working in the environment and climate change space as an engineer, sort of a green energy and uh, sustainable building design, um, you know, green policies, working with governments, um, industry on creating uh, decarbonisation strategies for about 15 years. That kind of sounds exciting slash quite dull. I don't know. <laughs> when you start talking about phrases like decarbonisation strategies, I'm like, mm, you kind of lose me. Well, there. when I started my career, it was very exciting. You know, I graduated um, back in uh, 2008 and that was when, you know, we, the UK government had just committed, uh, uh, had just created the Climate Change Act. Right. Like we had lots of, you know, um, lots of momentum behind this. Everyone had spotted it. it was a big problem, lots of optimism. It was just over to the private sector and to communities and people to implement, you know, yeah, and yeah. like, so that time, decarbonisation strategy was a source of, was a phrase that had a lot of hope and excitement around it, you know. Um, it was like, wow, these are things that are going to happen. So what was um, what was in the Climate Change Act then? Because that was pre-Paris Agreement then, if that was 2008. Yeah, that was, it was, the, I think it was the first proper legally binding legislation committing oh, okay. a country to a carbon reduction target. Oh. And I think, I forget what the exact target was now. I think it was, um, it may have been an 80% reduction by 2050. Right, yeah. You know, this was back, uh, I think that was under Ed Miliband um, when he was Secretary of State for um, for DEC. So that's um, Energy and Climate Change. So, yeah, um, that was a really exciting time, you know. And then slowly, um, you know, it, it became clear over the years that actually these things are happening much slower than we wanted, mm. you know. So I worked in the private sector um, as a consultant doing that kind of work. And, you know, we were working with, you know, ambitious governments and industry all around the world doing some cool stuff I, I lived and worked in China China and the US for a bit oh wow and then yeah and then I went to work for C40 which um you know is a really great organization it's it's um it's, it's a, a a global NGO that brings together the the mayors it's a political network of the mayors of the 100 biggest cities oh wow and mayors are quite uniquely positioned to do some great stuff on climate change um and so it was um a really sort of great time yeah I was I was head of research there so how many UK cities are in the 100 biggest cities? So, so only one, only London. Only um, London. Bristol, back in the days of um, uh, uh, George, uh, the mayor, mayor I forget. Mm. Name, but um, uh, the, the old mayor of Bristol, that was, uh, there was talks of, of Bristol joining C40. But, but there was a big shift around about that time to focus on the global south. And okay, so yeah. at the moment, I think for the foreseeable, um, it's global south cities mm. that are, are the priority mm. for joining but yeah, so we're great organisations, has some, some really inspiring impact um, around the world, you know. And so, so yeah, I was head of research there for a while, uh, for about five years, six years. And that was, um, that was wonderful. And then, yeah, as maybe we can get into, but then we did this piece of research that pulled the rug out from under my feet, showed me that everything I've been doing my whole career was important, but far from enough. Wow. Because it feels like working on, you know, working with, big cities working with you know China working on decarbonization strategies like mm. how, how can that not, how can that not feel enough I think anybody working in the environmental space feels like it's never enough but like that feels mm. like you were doing some pretty big stuff and like policy changing thing we were and, and I don't mean in any way to knock um those things because so if I was to summarize what I mean by that like um new technology low carbon technology a new policy Robust carbon targets, sustainable travel infrastructure, um, you know, decarbonisation of mm. buildings, retrofit programmes, uh, renewable energy, all these really important things, you know, um, they need to happen and mm. they need to happen much, much quicker than they are. But even if you were to take all of those things and really ramp them up as hard as you ever feasibly could, you still don't get to anywhere near net zero. Wow. Right. And that was the thing that pulled the rug out from under, under me because that's what I've been working on my whole career. And so the the thing that's missing in all of that is the fact that our society is fundamentally wedded to um, our systems, our cultures and our mindsets. Everything that makes up human yeah. society is focused on the production and consumption of more and more and more and more and more stuff, yeah. regardless of whether we want it, regardless yeah. of whether we need it, regardless of whether we've got enough. And so that, uh, that, I was like, whoa, okay. So like, you know, at least 30% of the change needed between now and, and, and hitting, you know, getting in balance with nature is that stuff, basically. And no one was really talking about that. And so I was like, oh, wow. What, what was this? What was the research then? Tell us a little bit more about that. 
So when we were back at, when I was back at C40, it, what was becoming increasingly clear was that there's a lot of action going on um, in terms of the local emissions of a city. Mm. So there's, um, in the jargon, um, scope one and two emissions. So these are the emissions that happen. So if you were to draw a ring around London or Sao Paulo or whatever and say, okay, the impact of, uh, the carbon impact in Sao Paulo would be the things that are, the emissions that take place within that city. Mm -hmm. So driving around, electricity used in the cities, that's scope two. Um, but not looking at things like, you know, when I buy an iPhone, the impact that happens all around the world, mm. create that iPhone. So it would only normally, it would, you know, if you look at the territorial emissions, you would only consider the energy used in using the iPhone. Yeah, we've been looking at, um, I've just launched a carbon literacy course. And, and this is one of the oh, things cool. that we look at in terms of, you know, lots of people will say, oh, well, what about China? And it's like, well, actually, yeah, you know, if you look just as you said at their sort of territorial emissions they're really really high but if you look at you know if you start to look at it in a slightly fairer way and look at mm. um you know how how much of what they're producing is is exported for us then actually you realize that we're the baddies <laughs> well yeah you sort of see if, if you if you take the view of um if you associate the carbon impact with the point of consumption not the mm. point of production then you start to see that yeah actually a lot of what looks like carbon improvement in in carbon impact of a place like the uk yes. is actually just a case of offshoring it to china mm. and so this was you know there's a lot of mayors around the world who were like yeah they were acknowledging the importance of that you know especially from a city point of view as the tend to be the focal points of of economic activity and and you know and, and wealthier people and all that sort of thing so so we, we there was a big push to sort of try and understand that right from a more um evidence-based side uh, approach um and yes yeah, so we went and we did this um it was about a year and a half projects, you know, um, well over a million um, pounds worth of funding for it. Mm. Uh, big team, Leeds University did a lot of, did, led on the actual proper data collection and, mm. and a lot of the analysis. Uh, Arab, the consultancy helped sort of uh, turn that analysis into, into some really clear conclusions. Um, so it was, yeah, C40, Leeds and Arab collaborated and it was published in uh, 2019. And it basically showed that to avoid ecological breakdown. We need a two-third reduction in the impact of everything consumed in wealthy countries by 2030. Okay. I'll just step back. I mean, that's a, I mean, that is a big statement. Imagine that so two-third reduction in the impact of everything. So that's the food on our plates, the food in our bins, the clothes on our backs, the cars on our streets, the tarmac on the street, the, the cables under the street, yeah, the yeah, yeah. tiles on your, you know, everything. Because I've heard... Um... You know, one of the stats I've heard a lot is we need to halve emissions by 2030. Yeah. But that sounds like, is that saying kind of the same thing? Because you're looking at, I don't know, it might not, it might yeah. be completely. No, so, so <laughs> if you look at if the, way, the way to break that down and think about that is that, so what that is, that's the IPCC's um, analysis of what globally we need to achieve by 2030. Right. And if you think about how you achieve that, you look at, well, actually in high consuming countries, mm. Are, are already much, much higher. Yes. Okay? And so they need to decarbonize much quicker yes. than, than a 50% reduction because you think about India and um, Africa and, uh, you know, lots of the global south, they are already quite low. And if, in many places, they actually need to increase. They need to go up, yeah, yeah. So when you, when you look at the responsibility of wealthier countries, it's a two-third reduction in the impact of consumption. Okay. I feel a little bit like consumption has kind of been the elephant in the room for quite a long time you know I yes. I started doing what I'm doing 10 years ago when we did a year buying nothing new and that kind of you know I hadn't in any way joined the dots between kind of consumption and you know climate and resource use and all those sorts of things and I was just doing it very unconsciously very habitually and it just really kind of massively opened my eyes to the the how powerful consumption is and like when actually we're doing it again this year, uh, right. sort of 10 years on. But um, yeah, it, because for so long, as you say, our society is built on this model of consume more. You know, we are bombarded by all these messages all the time about, um, you know, if you buy X, Y and Z, you will be more popular. You will look younger. You will be more mm. successful, do you know, and, and to actually say no or to reduce your consumption feels unaspirational in the society that we live in feels very kind of countercultural. you know it's it's all those kinds of it's it's so so it's not a message I think that people really want to hear is it so it's difficult yeah it's, I mean it's a very deep topic this but I mean just uh, on that note of the elephant in the room one of the reports that really brought this into 
um, or at least my consciousness, was a report by the World Resources Institute, the WRI, and, and it was called The Elephant in the Boardroom. And, oh, it was wow. um, and it's, you know, it's a really sort of you know, robust technical piece of work that looks at you know, the impact of the, the scope three emissions of, of, of industries and, and you know, nations. Um, so I would, you know, if anyone wants a bit of information, have a look. Yeah, but I think the point you make is is absolutely absolutely right. And you know, if you imagine what what makes up our society, we have our systems, so our educational systems, our political systems, our economic systems, our infrastructure, our technology, all those big things. Mm. And then you have our culture, the way we come together, the way we talk to each other, the way we celebrate, the stories we tell at the collective mm. level. And then you have our mindsets, the way we think. You know what we think is important. Why, why do I get up in the morning? What am I working mm-hmm. for in my life? What am I trying to avoid? You know, all of those things have now been pointed in the direction of more and more stuff. And it hasn't always been like that. No. Right? And, it, and it's not like that. So, and, and, you know, there's often this feeling like, well, this is, this is the way humans are. Yeah, so, this well, is how yeah. it's always been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's part of what we are, that, that, you know, to want to be safe from a resource point of view, mm-hmm. to want to have a roof over our heads. But it's blooming far from all that we are. And, you know, it does a colossal disservice to ourselves to mm. our daily lives to our planet to imagine that that's the only thing that should yeah. factor in human society you know so so you're involved in this in this research in this report and then it comes out and you're like as you said like oh crap um <laughs> I need, <laughs> oh, to, need, to, need to do something <laughs> else here um so yeah take us through that yeah so I was like um I, yeah I was really shocked by it really so you weren't expecting it to be that bigger proportion or that impactful or? No. And let me give an example and, uh, uh, of, of really how shocking that is, because when you hear that two third reduction, that sounds big. But when you look at a specific example, you see it's even, even more striking. So if you imagine today, right, imagine, ask yourself a question. Where is today the most, the, the place in the world that looks and feels like 2050 needs to be? So oh, imagine wow. we've fixed climate change, right? We've got, we've gone beyond. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, we, we, you know, we, we've got a, a sustainable looking society and you go like, where, which place in the world looks like that now? And you probably go somewhere like Copenhagen or Oslo or Portland, really wonderful cities, right? Mm. And I don't mean, you know, as I go through this, I do not in any way mean to um, <laughs> Nobody's you know, suing. Un- undermine the huge <laughs> yes. amount of effort that's taken place in a place like Copenhagen. Right? So it's got, everybody cycles, you know, it's something like, I can't remember the exact number, but the majority of journeys are made on bikes. Mm-hmm. The majority, that is that is incredible. The whole city is heated by um, zero carbon district heating. Mm. Uh, lots of renewable energy, lots of really positive um, personal action going on. Lots of green space, wonderful, okay? Now, that's a product of 40 years of hard work, so I'm not in any way knocking that. We all need to follow that example. Mm-hmm. That is really important we do so. But right, when you look at the local emissions of that city, of Copenhagen, their emissions are around about two to two and a half tons a person, right? Which is okay. great. Yeah, yeah. Right? And you look at, I think it's London, it's probably about seven or eight. You know, Houston's like 15 or something. That is, and we need to get to one, okay? Mm. One ton. And so Copenhagen has really progressed in that direction, and that's wonderful. But when you look at the global impact of life in Copenhagen, it goes from two tons to, to 15 or more. Wow. So you imagine the most sustainable, the, the, the most... Um, visible example of a sustainable future is actually one of the highest impact cities in the world when you look at its global impact so that's in terms of the stuff that the, the, the stuff that they're buying like the iphones and the cars and the you know all this stuff that's yeah. being produced elsewhere and they're importing yeah in. exactly and uh, you know it's, it's a very wealthy society mm. so people have a lot of money invested abroad in their financial um you know the global financial markets people travel a lot people you know refurbish mm. their homes a lot and again i stress i don't mean to knock this um it's it's not copenhagen's fault that's a function of our entire society's yeah yeah yeah, yeah. setup you know um and so so it, that just became really clear to me that wow like the most the example we are all working towards is actually in the end you know that's climate armageddon if that, yeah. <laughs> if we do that and so i think as well this this idea and and you know i i hear a lot from people saying oh you know it's it's not fair to make it all on the individuals and all this and, and absolutely it you know it needs to be a kind of three-pronged approach for businesses governments and individuals but mm. am I right in thinking that Copenhagen the the government have done put in place all the infrastructure all the kind of stuff that needs to be done and yet what we haven't seen maybe is that mindset shift from the consume from the 
people on the ground from in terms of what they're buying or sort of yeah so so that's part of it I think you know so what what, what has happened there has been some wonderful activity on infrastructure on you know uh, buildings transport mm. energy but that is all still existing within the same meta yeah, context yeah, yeah, of yeah. you know and that's about economics it's about education it's about policy it's about politics it's about um, how we organize ourselves globally yeah. what you know so it's but and you know uh, and citizens and communities are a part of that but that's also a, an, an industry um, mm. issue it's also a government issue so where do we need to look to then if we can't look to Copenhagen well this is the thing and this is where um, you know not to jump ahead but this is exactly the question that we we, we were we wanted to sort of answer by you know we, we asked ourselves so when I left um, I decided I needed to quit and, and just take a year out and think about this, you know, um, and, and what, what we could do. And I very quickly, you know, I started talking to people and very quickly I realised far from alone in thinking this. In fact, it's rare to find someone I talk to about this who doesn't go, I mean, yeah, mm. God, ah, you know, like who doesn't really connect with this, which is the crazy thing that we're all kind of living in this world that we're all <laughs> a bit suspect of or just not sure about. Mm. And, and it quickly, yeah, we thought, well, well, you know, what does that future look like? You know, if there aren't any at scale examples of what a genuine 21st century mm. human, a 21st century community, a 21st century town, city, country, society looks like, then why don't we get about having a crack at doing mm. that? Um, and that's where the jump came from, because that's what we're doing. We're jumping. We're taking a jump as individuals, as communities in whatever uh, situation we're in, mm. taking a jump into that future you know that we really want to happen and sometimes I think that's some of the difficulty is that when we're talking about climate stuff we're all really familiar with the Armageddon scenario or you know increasingly familiar with the Armageddon scenarios increasingly familiar seeing you know catastrophic flooding and wildfires and all these sorts of things but no very few people are painting a really positive picture of what it could look like if we Mm. sort our act out and you know and and so it's kind of understandable that and and we frame it so much in the things we're going to lose you know we're going to lose this we're going to lose that and you're not going to be able to do that and you're not going to be able to do that instead of like wow you'll be able to walk your kids to or your kids will be able to cycle to school without you worrying about them or you know just those kinds of things and thinking about well you know you walk into town and there'll be all these lovely green spaces and it'd be and, and we don't kind of I don't feel like we have that collective yeah. vision well and, and and it's about those things for sure you know those practical kind of like things but it's it's also about so much more it's about you know like imagine a world that's actually built around what humans want from our lives you mm. know like so yeah we consume less right and i'm not saying we can't you know consuming is really important you know ask someone who can't consume because they've been economically marginalized yes yeah that you know that is you know that that is awful but, you know, in the modern world, if you've had a bad day, right, and you feel a bit, I don't know, you know, fed up for whatever reason, mm-hmm. what does the modern world offer you, right? You get out your phone, you go on the internet, you buy something, and then for 10 minutes you get that endorphin here. Yes, yeah. You're full of happy chemicals for 10 minutes, and you go, oh, great. And then you're like, well, now what? Yeah. Okay, well, I better buy something more. Mm. And, and, you know, and, and, and the human being, the human society, has evolved to, to find, you know... Um, meaning and joy and to get that sort of satisfaction from all sorts of different things creativity mm-hmm. so we have this thing at the jump where we we sort of like you say yes we're going to consume less that's that's the c that we're doing less of but it means there's more time and energy for all the other c's creativity care craft connection community culture um camaraderie comedy oh, you know, the list yeah. goes on yeah yeah, yeah yeah contemplation connection contentment mm-hmm. And these are the things that actually, you know, like like comedy. How good do you feel when you have a laugh with your friends, mm-hmm. or or when you've collaborated with people to do something really that you thought you couldn't do? And you know, none of that's about buying things. So like, um, so when we talk about, yeah, as you say, the the future with the, the, this joyous future, and this is why we call it a jump for joy, right? Yeah. Jumping to a joyous future. That's the bit that's really connected with a lot of people, and I think certainly at the community level that's the bit that people get excited about and what makes people want to excited about creating their own version of that and yeah. having their own look into it. So, yeah. So you've come up with these six shifts um, yeah. and I was having a little look on the, on the website and you had a link to the science and I was like, Oh, I'll have a look at that. And then I kind of got a bit lost. So explain to us how you came <laughs> up with those, 
those six specific things, why you chose them, what they are? Sure. Well, so these, the, the six shifts are the, they're a direct output of that research I was talking about. So, so the research showed we need that two third reduction, right? Mm. Um, and then we went back and asked so that, that's what started the jump. And, and the, and we went back and asked those partners. So Leeds, C40 and Arab of that reduction. So that two third reduction requires lots and lots of different actions across our economy. So mm-hmm. we need, you know, more, more um, material to be more efficient with materials when we're making our buildings to mm-hmm. have uh, better, you know, mass transit so that people don't have to uh, mm-hmm. drive their cars as much, better energy supplies, more efficient supply chains, et cetera, et cetera. And the, of those hundreds of actions, you can say, okay, well, which ones are, are more in the wheelhouse of government? Mm-hmm. Which ones are more in the wheelhouse of industry? Mm-hmm. Which ones are more in the wheelhouse of communities and citizens? And the findings were that, if you look at the ones that communities and citizens citizens have most control over, they can deliver 27% of the change needed by 2030. And that 27% is basically these six shifts. So just to get it clear in my head, that's not a 27% reduction in emissions. That's 27% of the two-thirds reduction that we need. Is that right? Yeah, so it's a 27%, exactly. So it's, it's, it's close to a third of, two of thirds. the change needed. Exactly, of yeah. the change needed. Brilliant. So I think to, to keep it simple, that's how we talk about it. It's close to a third of the change that's needed. Needed, yeah, yeah, yeah. By 2030. That, that we directly have control over. We have direct control yeah, over. Yeah. We don't need to ask anyone's permission. Yes. Um, we can just go and do it. Yeah. Right. And how, how empowering is that? I know, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so come on then, run us through them off the top of your head. Okay, so the six shifts. So actually, well, so, yeah, this is, that 27%, actually is the first five of our shifts. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll explain why in a second. But so the first five are these things that we can do without asking any permission that will yeah. directly deliver up to 27% of change. So the first one, end clutter. So this is all about our products, our electronic products, our home um, appliances, trying to keep them for at least seven years, right? So repairing them when you can, buying ones that are going to be made to last, not getting a new one because of a trend or something, it's not always easy, this, because, you know, our iPhones, you know, well, any phone typically designed through planned obsolescence to mm-hmm. fall apart after a couple of years or the battery to die. So, you know, it's just about doing our best and trying to move in that direction. So I guess because um, I was thinking like, I had just had to replace my laptop um, recently and it was about six years old, I think. Um, yeah. But I meant like I got a refurbished one from Apple so kind of mm-hmm. in my head, I'm justifying that as like, it's not brand new. Um, but so <laughs> well, that makes it, a big difference. So can it include things like that? So because like, of you course, know, yeah. I had a really knackered iPhone 5 or something that stopped ex- then accepting updates. So then I upgraded, but I upgraded to an 8 or something, which still wasn't the latest one. So, you know, it's like. Absolutely. That, that's You're kind of not buying a new thing. Does that <laughs> piece my That's what makes all the difference because it's the embedded energy in the creation. Keeping, of the it's basically hardware. keeping those things that have been produced in use for longer. It doesn't really, it doesn't matter who's using it, but as long as it's being kept in use. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, that's, that, 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 that doesn't count as busting your seven year limit. Um, uh, I'd say. And like, for instance, I, I mean, I recently bought a new laptop because my old one was, uh, I think there was nothing salvageable about yes. it. <laughs> Partly because, I mean, I don't want to name, uh, I won't name a, a label, uh, you know, brands, but the particular brand I had before was broadly impossible to upgrade because everything yeah. was welded down within. within yes, that's what mine was like. The, the, yeah. the battery, might, it might have been the battery that was the issue, but to get to the battery, it was physically glued down. And my repair guy was like, it's just, you know. We yeah, could have I'd, a have go, to, but I'd have to chop this in half to get it yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think, and it, so with with the laptop I got, I mean, I spent a lot of time looking into making sure every it was a, a, a as future proofed and as repairable mm. as possible. So if you are going to buy a new one, buy one that you can take the bits out of. And like with phones, there's um, there's Fairphone, isn't there? And there's another yeah. modular one that I've seen um, on the Buy Me Once website, and I can't remember what it is, but there are phones out there that are designed with longevity, with repairability, all that kind of thing in mind, aren't there? Exactly. And, and so that uh, that's kind of what we're saying, really, is to, it's the plumb for one of those. And then, um, you know, and then you know that if, if something breaks, you can just replace that component rather than having to buy mm. a whole new phone. And this is everything, isn't it? It's like tellies. Everyone seems to be constantly upgrading their tellies to the, you know, the next size yeah. up or the HD or whatever. And or I don't know, kitchen appliance. It's kind of 
pretty much anything, isn't it? As what we buy, we need to try and keep in use for at least seven years. Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, and anything with a battery in it or, or stuff like that it, is, in, is inherently, takes a lot of energy, takes a lot of resources to make. Mm. You know, so it's important to, to get the best out of them. Okay, so that's number one. That's number one, end clutter. Number two is eat green. So, um, and this is the most impactful one. Um, and it is uh, go to as close to plant-based as you can. doesn't have to be all the way, but, mm-hmm. you know, as close as possible. Eat everything you buy. So don't waste food. Mm. Enormous amount of food goes in the bin. And then uh, the last one is eat healthy amounts. So this is just recognizing that a lot of overeating happens, um, uh, you know, and, and that that isn't good for our own health. But it's also a huge amount of extra burden mm. in the ecosystem to produce that food. And there's all sorts of guidelines um, around, you know, what a balanced amount is. And it's different for each person. And, you know, um, everyone's got their own relationship with that. But that's a really good, uh, you know, th- those three are the key um, elements of Eat Green. We do also make note of in, in the sort of, in the content, you know, local food, organically mm-hmm. grown food is also important. But we didn't stress that as much because the analysis to show that the, 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 the previous three were the most impactful. We wanted to try and keep it as simple as possible. But yeah you know so yeah so that's eat green brilliant yeah this is fairly straightforward i guess um the next one and this is the one that um my i have a 21 year old sister and when she um heard about this she was like oh tom you know like this is um if it was uh, your your fault that <laughs> this yeah, is what the research showed when i was her age i didn't have uh i had no uh, awareness of this issue and i was happily flying all around the world yes so yeah 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 you know and this one is that it's holiday local so this is Flying what what uh, one return flight every three years, short haul, one return flight every eight years, long haul. Now obviously that's and you know that's a generalization, depends how far you fly. But I think the important point here, and this is what you know, my sister, when she when we talked about it, she was like, actually, yeah, that's fine. You know, you can still you can still see every continent in your lifetime. Well, I've just and also I've just um the podcast I recorded yesterday was with um Georgina Wilson Powell, who runs Pebble magazine, and she's just mm. written I'll show you, but listeners won't be able to see the eco-conscious travel guide and oh, it's cool, yeah. um, train routes all around Europe. And, you know, I'd kind of resigned. I said this during the podcast. I'd sort of resigned myself to, um, you know, slightly damp, slightly cold summer holidays within the UK <laughs> and that kind of thing. And just the, the, actually sort of realising that there is a whole world on our doorstep that we don't have to fly to get to. And actually, the fact that you're saying, was it one short haul flight every three years and one long haul every eight years? Yeah. To me, that was like, oh, so maybe I can take the kids to Australia. Like, if yeah. we just do that, like, that's our once in eight years trip. Exactly. Because I'd kind of was having this whole, about three years ago, just this like, God, I don't think I can cope with the guilt of flying. You know, I would love to take the kids to Australia, but I don't think I can cope with the guilt. But now maybe this, maybe this is reverse, reverse thing. And you're like, oh, crap, now we're going to have encouraged somebody who wasn't going to fly to fly. But that like I, a lot of people will feel very differently, but to me that feels eminently doable. Yeah, no, and it, this is one of those things. It depends who you're talking to. Like, you know, for some people who are used to flying a lot, this feels mm. like a, this is the hardest one, right? It's a big shot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's just, I mean, it, it's it's quite unavoidable, really, because if you look at, you know, it's still only a very small proportion of people who fly, but the mm. the, the proportion of their impact as a regular yes. flyer that is due, due to flying is, is is staggering, and you know. The other thing about these numbers, these are the global convergence point that the entire global population could settle on and right. stay within. Everybody so could do that and it would be fair. And it would be fair. And, and you know, and a lot, as long as all these other things that need to happen, happen. Yes. Yeah. Could balance carbon emissions. And for most people in the world, this represents a lot more flying. Yes. Yeah. You know, a lot more engaging with the world, a lot more yes. cultural exchange. And it's only, you know, so for those of us and, you know, I, I've got to admit, you know, like it was only four or so years ago, I got on a, tw- a five-hour flight to Istanbul for a 12-hour stag do, you know, wow. and, then, and then came back. And in my old job, I used to fly intercontinentally all the time. So, so I'm not saying, you know, it's not about being I'm holier than now or anything, you know, it's like a, we're all on a journey, but it's clear to me that that sort of, you know, in the future, that won't be happening one way or another. Yeah. Can't do that, you know? And that's, I mean, that's really hard, isn't it? There was someone in my community and she said, she's a, um, a TA in a school and and all mm. the teachers were going on a over the holiday over half term or something on a day trip to Milan because the tickets were 19 quid return a day trip and it's yeah. like so she can't even turn around to them and go 
oh, should we go to London instead? Or should we go to Bath? Because that's like a hundred quid on the train. Do you know, like it's... Exactly. Yeah. But then at the same time, so I've got, I've got a group of, um, uh, of school friends that, and every year we go away together, um, you know, as a sort of, uh, you know, uh, uh, fun trip mm. for a weekend. And we used to go to places in Europe, like we used to fly... And then when I saw this evidence, I was like, oh, cripes. I mean, I'm not going to go on these trips anymore. You know, mm. so I sort of had a chat with them. I was like, sorry, guys, you know, I can't be doing that anymore. Blah, blah, blah. And they were like, yeah, mate, that sounds great. Okay, understood. You know, and really? from now on, we, do, we do them in the UK. People, you know, it's almost like everybody kind of knew that this was crazy. But that's, that's, I guess, um, with that conversation, you were saying, I can't do this therefore I will bow out and um mm. because I've had similar with you know old school friends saying oh like how about a weekend in Barcelona and me sat there feeling very uncomfortable this is all on you know like Facebook messenger or something and going mm. oh can I be the fun sponge here and and you know just flag up carbon emissions and stuff like that so and, and we talk about this a lot in my community feeling like you're the fun sponge the whole time you're the one going oh excuse me um <laughs> but um so maybe you know in that scenario had I gone well, that sounds great. Have a lovely time. But personally, I don't feel like I can do that. I don't know. Like, it's 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 a tricky one. But it sounds like your friends responded really positively to it. Yeah, I mean, we can get onto this in a minute once I finish the shift. But there's a whole... <laughs> Sorry, I keep interrupting you. <laughs> no. Oh, no, 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 I didn't mean that. I just meant as in, like, um, uh, what we're talking about now is is what taking the jump is. Mm, how. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all, yeah. all about this stuff, right? And it's all about, like, uh, you know, the emotional relationship with... Mm change and ourselves in relation to that change mm. you know there's a there's a lot of you know there's a lot we can learn from from the lessons of the past and you know this doesn't have to be a really painful experience and actually most people I'm, I'm constantly day to day overwhelmed by how much people are up for this you know and, and, and on board with it and really yeah, just yeah, want yeah. An ex- really just want an excuse not to have to get on that plane to Barcelona yeah. you know because, I mean, what a beautiful place the UK is, right? And, and every country, yeah, it's got its... Oh, yeah. And so, you know, when you think about culture and history and all that sort of thing, we're ticking an awful lot of boxes, aren't we? It's just maybe the weather one sometimes. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, that's why it's such a, uh, you know, a green, mm, luscious yes, land. Yes, and pleasant. You know? that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Green, yeah. green, pleasant land. Yeah. Um, okay. So we've got um, less clutter, eat green. Holiday local. Holiday local, right, yeah. Okay. So next is uh, travel fresh. So if we can get rid of our private vehicles, so this is not something that everybody can do. If we have, you know, we live remotely, if we're not as mobile because of, you know, uh, you know all sorts of reasons, or if, you know, it just, uh, we have lots of, you know, we have kids and we need to get them to places and so on. And there isn't the public transport mm-hmm. and, you know, we understand that. And so it's just about doing our best, minimizing vehicle ownership as much as possible and getting onto our bikes, walking, public transport. And if, and you know, if you can get rid of your car, then you can still do car sharing, car pooling, you can still access a car. Mm. And, and this is because, you know, the, the embedded carbon uh, and impact of, of creating a car is, is really large. Mm. You know, whether it's a, a gasoline or a petrol car or whether it's an electrical, an EV, it's still high impact. It's still a big hunk of metal, isn't it? And, uh, you exactly, know, resources. exactly. Yeah. You know, what we really need is less cars on the road, whether they're electric cars or, you know, or fossil fuel cars. We just need less of them. Mm, mm. So um, so that's that that one, really. And, you know, if, if you do have to have a car, it is better to have an electric car than, a, than a, a fossil fuel one. But it's even better to have no car. Certainly when you think about the scale of the human race and the amount of people who are buying cars. And if you look mm. at the numbers, numbers around car production over the next 40 years, if everything carries on like we are, you know, we're talking billions and billions wow. of cars yeah 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 um, and we just can't be doing with that yeah congest our roads it has an impact through producing yeah. the car and um and yeah um so that's travel fresh travel fresh yeah yeah um I'm trying to remember what the other ones are now. ah yes so um the fifth one is dress retro so this is and this is the second most impactful after the food one. Oh wow yeah, and this is because because of the you know the re- recently the trend you know and I think certainly if you talk to you know like for instance my parents and grandparents you know this is a very recent thing mm. where everything went from being uh, an item of uh, that you really looked after that you you repaired and that you sort of took a lot of you know mm-hmm. you bought better quality as much as you could and you kept it for as long as you possible and you looked after it shifting from that 
to a model of buying a new t-shirt for every time you go out right yeah yeah and, and that's all pushed by you know because it, it creates a better profit for certain industries you know as you say that that is a really recent phenomenon like you know I just assumed that kind of that's how it had always been or you know and then actually it's only yeah. really well 90s probably 2000s that fast fashion's really kind of taken a hold and taken off isn't it and and now it yeah. just seems so normal exactly well it's the same with flight cheap flights mm. and uh, you know like if you think about the 80s and even early 90s it wasn't that way and life was still just as and good, I don't remember it? feeling really deprived and you know all running around in rags and you know back to exactly. like Victorian times yeah yeah well exactly and so and so the goal for dress retro is to buy um is to keep new items to three a year as a target and a maximum of eight now that doesn't one of the co- popular questions we often get is does that cover socks oh, no, so i know it's like i can buy one pair one piece of underwear and two socks is that yes it? yeah yeah so no it doesn't it doesn't count for that and it's you know it's a rough guide really it's you know rather than um it being uh you know having to get too hung up on the exact number yes but that still means we can buy second hand, we can recycle yeah. clothes, we can refurbish them, we can repair them, we can share yeah, them, yeah, we yeah. can rent them. You know, there's loads of ways. You can still look great and change your wardrobe regularly. Yes. Um, just recognising the huge impact that the textiles industry has yeah. um, in various ways. Because actually, like, we did we did our year buying nothing new, so that meant I could, you know, buy second hand clothes and all that sort of thing. And then a little while later, I did a year not buying any clothes at all. And that was by far hardest, as you said, like it's relative. I, well, I, again, I'm sure I'm probably very different to lots of people, but, you know, it's relatively easy to just buy secondhand clothes. You know, there are so many clothes out there, so many different apps you can use, so many different things you can do. Mm. And, you know, but after a year of no clothes at all, I was just so bored with it. <laughs> Which yeah. is bad again, well, isn't it? That's what I mean. You can get on Depop and you can swap them. You know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Get on, yeah. there's all sorts of cool apps and stuff and, you know, you can rent clothes, you can share them. Clothes swaps is a big thing. That yeah, and they're a lovely community. Communities taking the yeah. jump, you know. Like. Yeah. Um, and so the, the, you said there's those five which make up that 27%, and then what's this elusive or this mysterious Yeah, thing? so the other one. So so those five represent you know, the things that we have primary influence mm, on. Mm. But we can go in and do them without um, asking permission or what, uh, you know, and, and without help from other, you know, from government or industry. The, the remaining 73%, now that's the, um, uh, the bit that the, the action's called change the system. So acknowledging that there are all these other things that need to happen um, to, to, to reach being in balance with nature that aren't the primary um, responsibility or, or influence of individuals, but we can still indirectly influence. Yes. Right? So that's things like the tran- energy transition, um, the, the transition to a, a, a low carbon building uh, infrastructure across the mm. UK, mm. Um, sorry, across any country the uh, the investment sector you know and, and also political engagement and activism now we, we don't highlight activism too highly just because you know obviously that's really really wonderful to get involved in and you know we need people really pushing uh, for for robust action from government but it's not for everyone mm. a lot of people for all sorts of good reasons don't feel able to engage with that so so we ask we, we invite people when they take the jump and taking the jump means to try these six shifts for at least one month Okay. And, and uh, so you take it for one month, three months or six months. To do all six or just pick one of them and do, do it? Yeah, to do, to do whatever you can. Okay. So, so the, of these five or six things that, that sit within the um, uh, change the system shift, we ask people to do at least one. Yeah. So whether it's change, change to, your, to, to a green energy supply. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether it's change to a green pension whether it's, um, you know, if you feel like you want to um, support a, a, a green NGO somewhere, whether you want to write a letter to your MP, get involved in some direct action, you know, it could be any of these things. So are there, within that, that sixth shift, are there, are there suggestions for things that people might yes. like to do? all of these things are outlined and there's links to how you can yeah, do yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we invite people to do at least one. Amazing. Um, and I think, actually, we've, we, we've been talking to, um, to folks in the pension sector recently, we've been looking mm. at data, which we have yet to upload to our website, but changing your pension to a green pension supplier, the impact of that it's is huge, astronomical. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's really high. So that's one thing I think we'll be prioritising. Yeah, those. I did an interview with them. Um, I don't know if you come across Make My Money Matter. They're doing yeah, a huge they, amount. Yeah, these are the guys we were talking yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> so I did a podcast with them. And um, yeah, the, the stats and the data that they've got is massive. But actually they said, I think they said something like only 7% of people will actually 
move their pension because it's just such a dull thing, you know, such an onerous yeah. thing to do. But that actually, you know, shifting pension your pension within your pension provider to a sustainable fund or like writing to your pension provider and, you know, asking the question and all those sorts of things, they're still really impactful, powerful things to do as well. So, yeah, as you say, it's one of those things that we never even think about, do we? And then it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that's your way of, of reaching out to the whole fund, like investment Yes, sector. changing the system. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's the way that you are linked into the global economy in a really big way as a yeah. person. Yeah. Um, so those those are the the what's what they are, and you promised us a little bit on the on the hows because that's it's. I always say you know it's really easy, or you know you can you can read lots of stuff, you can listen to lots of stuff, and and but actually doing the stuff is the hardest bit. Yeah, exactly. You know you've got um, adverts brainwashing you every day mm. when you're walking down the street. You've got social pressures saying yeah. obvious where that you were taught at school that you're not worth anything unless you're a success, and you've got yeah. this stuff. It's like how, what 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 uh, potentially almost scary experience of, of stepping away from all that yes. right? like, you know, yeah. and scary but also on a day-to-day basis hard work it can feel like and because you know there's that human desire that needs to to fit in and to be accepted and to and I think there's this concern or maybe maybe fears a bit strong but I think it can feel like that that like if I start doing these things I'm going to be rejected by my family my friends my peer group who are quite used to me just fitting in with the status quo and going with the flow um, so it, it is, I think, really challenging thing to do. Yeah, exactly. Um, the good news is that there's plenty of research and evidence around all this because, you know, the behaviour change uh, activities have been underway for 30 odd years um, with mixed success. But there's a lot we can learn from, right? A lot of behaviour change science. And so when we started the jump, we recognised all this. And we thought, OK, well, let's we, we created what we call the jump foundations. And they're, they're kind of the DNA of the jump, really. They're like how you approach taking the jump the the, the 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 kind of the how i guess mm. yeah. and so i'll just run through a couple of them the first one is it's enough just to try to just start so yes. even if you know many of us got kids abroad or family abroad or you can't bear not to you know have that bacon butty every now and again or can't you know tur- not having turkey at christmas it's like that's all right you know it's still so impactful just to take the jump and do your best and if you find after a week you've you've you know most of the shifts you've you've not been able to keep to it's like that's all right just keep going mm. that's that's where um sorry I you know that's why I'm, it's sustainable ish it's like trying to get rid of this idea that you can't make a difference unless you're doing it all absolutely perfectly because then no one ever even starts because it all just feels too much yeah if your only options are perfect or yeah nothing, not at then all go, yeah then obviously nothing's the only one you can yeah, handle. yeah, yeah, like yeah. perfect's impossible so for sure um and, like, and for instance, you know, if the six shifts, if all six of them are too much, then just pick three, two, even one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. get going and then build from there. Yes. So I think, I think the phrase we use, it, you know, it's not about being perfect from the start. It's mm. about just starting. Yeah. It's that progress over perfection thing, isn't it? Exactly. exactly. Progress, not perfection. Mm. Like, that's one of my favourite phrases. Yes. In, in, in all walks of life, you know. So, uh, so that's the first one. And then related to that, it's kind of the flip side of it, is no more as than them. So, you know, we, we don't mm. need to shame each other. It doesn't actually help, right? So, like, I think the example I often get, you know, use, and, and you've already alluded to it, you know, this idea that, like, I'm worried if I try and make a change, because I can't be perfect, I'm going to get pushback from myself, from everyone else. Everyone's going to be like, you you know, like, yeah, but you, you say you're trying to do this, but you've got but a what about that? Yeah, 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 yeah. And also, I think there's, there's a fear of, um, I talk about this idea of like the big green bashy stick, that within the sort of eco community, <laughs> you'll get someone come along and go, oh, guys, I've done this. And you get all these people jumping on them going, well, what did you do that for? That's stupid. You should have done this and you should have done that. And why aren't you doing it like this? And, you know, and then people are like, oh, God, I was just trying to do my best. And exactly. so, you know, you're kind of worried that you, you won't do it well enough to please those people over there. But you're also worried about the fact that even doing it, you're pissing those people over there off. So it's like, oh, God. <laughs> exactly i'll just go and get back in my bed yes exactly right. i'm going to hide under the duvet again yeah. <laughs> i'm off to barbados <laughs> <laughs> <So, yeah. laughs> exactly so yeah exactly and i, th- I think so the with we, we, you know with lots of love and respect to um efforts of the environment movement over the last 30 years that is a trap that has been felt yes you know, that people fall into a lot and you can kind of understand because you feel so passionately and and especially with people we're close to we're like why don't you feel like this yes you, know, yeah, you yeah, feel yeah. there's a real kind of emotional yeah you know uh but that, that that just comes across as you know 
to to other people has been berated, being told yes. I'm evil, being, being told judged, I'm like, yeah, exactly. And if 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 the start of any conversation is I'm a terrible person, yes, and I, that, that that offers no emotion. It's far more impactful if you want people to change to excite them about what they could be, about yeah. what waits for them, than demonize them for where they are. I mean, that is yeah. the only way people change, you know. And share, you know, sharing. Um, Oh God, I, I walked to school today and it was brilliant because I got 20 minutes where I, I like my son had to talk to me, you know, like or yeah. the sun was shining and it was glorious, or you know, and and sort of sharing the fact that you've done it and the the sort of positive benefits of it without any kind of finger wagging and you're a bastard because you drove your car, that kind of, you know, it's exactly it's, yeah, being really positive about the thing, the changes that we've made as well. And I think the other part of it was two of the parts. One is just recognizing we're all hypocrites, right? We're all oh, God, hypocrites. Yeah. And that's a, so I think that phrase, welcome hypocrites, right? Yeah. Like, like bring them in. Let's go. Come on, everyone. Like, you know, like we're, we're all part of this society, you know, and we've all grown up in this world. And so let's laugh at that. Let's mm. do this comedy. Let's just laugh at ourselves. Let's give ourselves a break. Let's support each other. Let's, um, yeah, yeah, be there for each other. And, and, and as I said, yeah, celebrate where we're going mm. don't have a go at people for where they are mm. and all of a sudden you might find that people are right by your side so that's number two okay and then number three this is the good news the kind of reason to have a smile on your face and we've already touched on this but this is a jump for joy you know um as i said you know i, I think a lot of people are, are like oh god does this mean i've got to go back to living in a cave yes i've got, I've got to give up everything yeah. i enjoy what about you know are you telling me that you know my one you know, my one two week break in the year. Yes. I love going with the kids to the Costa del Sol or wherever, or going. You know, I can't yeah, yeah. even do that anymore. You know, and it's like, well, firstly, we're not saying it's not about abstinence; it's about mm. balance. Yes. You know? And then the other thing is that you know, I think the phrase I often use is that a world that isn't just about stuff would be even better. Mm. You know, so maybe we, you know, maybe those holidays happen a bit less regularly. But there's still so many other wonderful things we can, you know, like going on holidaying in the UK is, is, you know, is still wonderful and joyous. And I think we kind of all, we kind of know that. And exactly. like, you know, if you look at the excess that happens around Christmas, I will speak yeah. to so many of my friends who, who are like, oh God, it's a nightmare and the kids get so much stuff and I'm really overwhelmed with it and blah, blah, blah. Um, but somehow it's very difficult to disconnect from it or... Yeah. And, you know, yeah. that like when we had that first lockdown, like we're recording this, it's like two years pretty much since, to the day since it started. And, you know, there was that kind of slowdown and it felt like that kind of reconnection and that kind of actually, yes, it is people that are important and those connections and all those sorts of things. And then we've just sort of raced back to, to exactly where we were. Um, but I think, yeah, we do all kind of know it, but it's really hard, I think, in, in society to do anything about it maybe. it sure is uh, and, and this is where really the main inspiration for the jump has come from right so this is not just a website with some ideas and like some of this what we're setting up is a uh, you know a global connected movement of everyday people leading the way to less stuff and more joy so mm. you know take the jump um sign up online on our website take the jump.org um and immediately you're introduced to other people you know, we have, we're, we're working hard on, on sort of digital tools to help people connect locally, globally, events, mm. community events. We've had comedy nights, kids' workshops, street dances, like um, jump fairs, like all sorts of stuff going on locally where, you know, on online as well. We've had some really inspirational people telling their stories about the great lives they're living. Mm. You know, like fashion bloggers showing how mm. great they look in secondhand clothes you know, all this sort of stuff. Because what that does, it starts to create an alternative set of yes. cultures and of mindsets, people around you who go, because what makes it hard not to get on that plane every, you know, uh, every year is when all your, everyone around you is going, yeah, that's what, that's what everyone else is doing. And it's yeah. obviously that's what we do. But what if, you know, if there's a growing movement of people who are up Ben Nevis in the rain yes. in their cocoon, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. you know, <laughs> with their soggy sandwiches, with their yeah. umbrella up, yeah. you know, like then, uh, you know, that, that, that helps just, normalize yeah. that, that shift so if anything that is the most important dimension of this people getting involved people trying it people telling their story yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Cool. and you've mentioned a few times the the sort of community element of it so mm. um so I'm thinking oh yeah yeah I, I, it's quite like I would really 
and it shames me to say it, but we really struggle to be car free certainly at the moment but um you know there are lots of other ones we can have a no go shame at. don't feel shame <laughs> <laughs> that's okay <laughs> so but if I think okay I want this to I want to, to make this bigger either within my local community or my online community how 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 can I make that happen yeah it's a great question so well we're actually we've just got a little bit of funding from the national lottery to help create um a uh, jump community toolkit oh which amazing we're, which we're working on at the moment but we have the bare bones kind of already and there's a there's a whole bunch of communities doing this um and it depends on the situation you know sometimes it's like a, a youth football team or mm. a community climate center or a school class and we're, and we're on the verge of having the tools to connect people um but i think you know it's just about um having a go yourself talking to people about it we have the resources like posters and videos mm-hmm. and all sorts of stuff if people want to come together and and Taking the jump together for a period is what we invite people to do. So if you, you know, a school class for a month. I was just thinking, it. like, what a brilliant project for a school to, and you could, yeah. because your graphics and your visuals are so bright and fun and joyous. And, you know, it's it's the opposite of that kind of dour, green, austere, you know, that kind of thing. And so you could do a really gorgeous assembly, introducing the shifts and then inviting each of the kids to to take one and all that sort of thing, couldn't you? It'd just be brilliant. Yeah, well, we've got that plan. So if there's anyone listening who, you know, is from a school that wants that, you know, get, get in touch with us. But I mean, an example the other day is we got an email from a school in New Zealand who who have now have jump Fridays and there's oh, amazing. All, all their seven-year-olds are drawing pictures around each of the shifts and putting them up and they've got a whole gallery of like you know so like so what do they do on jump Fridays they just do some art I think at the <laughs> moment it, it's only they're only two weeks in but they oh okay they, we'll give them a chance the kids are on each uh, each from Friday they they do some art around yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. How they see each shift working yes. out, you know. Oh, yeah. Then that 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 visioning the future—that's so important, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just exactly. to get people's creativity and um, sort of yeah. and get them excited about what it could look like. Yeah, exactly. And this is the other really important thing with all this is that I mean, uh, and I know this through my siblings. I'm the eldest of five, knowing quite a few young people. The emotional and mental health stress mm. of knowing that your future is really in jeopardy and there's little and, and feeling there's nothing you can do about mm. it is an absolute it just you know it, it's there's a lot of very very there's a lot to carry basically mm. Um, mm. and there's a lot of mental health um uh, trouble around this and, and i think you know the research is clear that one of the best ways you can work with that is by giving back your agency feeling you can yes. do something you know and that's true for you know even very very young you know, you know and i think are, that's so important I mean, my kids are 13 and 10 mm. and my 13 year old is like he doesn't he's not kind of overtly you know depressed about it or anything but you know I've sort of overheard snippets of conversations of him with his friends going well it doesn't really matter yeah it's all a bit too late and we're screwed anyway and all that you know and I just my heart breaks for him and I don't feel like our education system is giving our young people the knowledge that they need the tools they need but really importantly the agency that they can do something about this it's just like this is something that's going to happen to you and there's bugger all you can do about it like we need yeah. to really get them um, empowered and, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and to add to that, you know, and this is, I've had many a sort of heartfelt conversation with many young people, like, they feel like the future has been taken away from them and that the people in charge don't care and won't do mm. anything. And that's that salt in the wound, you know? Yes, it's like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. God, at least they're not even trying yes. to give me a future. Except know, for like, saying, well done, young people, well done, young people. Exactly, <laughs> you know, exactly. And so, like, and so if we could say, look, actually, you can have an impact. Here's six things you can do. You know, that, that you, you do have a future and, you know, you have every part in making that happen. Um, mm. it's, one, it's just straight up true. And, you know, that's what we, you know, uh, and we need that kind of action. But two, it, you know, it just alleviates that feeling of hopelessness, of stress, of, of, um, of sadness, you know? Yeah. I'm just, I'm just sat here and I'm thinking, well, as a school, there's six, there's six half terms in a year. There's six shifts. Hold on a minute. This is, this is, you know. <laughs> And should, yeah exactly and so we can have a whole half term about food and we can have a whole half term about fashion and um yeah no and, and but that doesn't even have to be within a school does it that can be within a um as you said a, a football group or a choir or a wi or, a, or whatever and just exactly. um, yeah 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 exactly. um so what's you I mean you only officially launched it was a couple of weeks ago wasn't it at um mm-hmm. zero carbon Guildford because I interviewed um Ben a few weeks ago right uh, yeah. and he's been on the wonderful, podcast wonderful oh, guy amazing wonderful place. yeah 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 um yeah. so what's the 
the big vision like how mm. quickly can you get this out there like I don't know it just I mean like you said it needs millions and millions and millions of us on board but that must feel quite scary does it well that's me well, projecting my own fear where, um it's uh you know the research is clear we need this shift away from consumer culture from consumer society you know not 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 away from consumption altogether but beyond to something greater than just mm. consumer society consumer culture by 2030 right so we've got eight years I know. so the jump has an eight-year mission and we're going to keep boshing for eight years at least you know and then we can take yeah, a stock yeah. at that point yeah um and so we're not worried about you know this is a you know medium-term project um we're not looking for a quick flash in the pan mm-hmm. um we'd rather have 10,000 people do something deep and transformative than a million give up plastic straws. Yes. Um, and so yeah. our project, our, 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 our goal now is just to keep at it, is to keep working with communities, keep getting real projects going, helping people who care, who, who are inspired by this, uh, and, and really just, yeah, working with real everyday people on the ground to create real examples of what that future looks like. And yeah, we've got some fun campaigns coming up. We've got a comedy campaign, mental health campaign, kids campaigns. And, and more and more projects around about the place. Um, but yeah, and obviously we're sort of, that, that growth depends a bit on funding. So if anyone knows anyone out there who's a, you know, who's a, who, you know, philanthropy or whatever, who may be yes. interested, get in touch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's always the, sadly, that's always the issue, isn't it? Like it would be, you know, easier to go and set up a business selling reusable cups and you've got a really clear business model there for you. And, you know, mm. but actually to do something that is about, behavior change asking that's yeah you know hard to hard to generate income through particularly it is it is but at the same time you know like there's a lot of interest in this at the moment and there's a lot of you know i think a lot of uh you know people who've got you know got money to invest but also just normal people really get this and so Mm. i think it's it's and also you know so it is important it's funded but really actually where this will really land is is people in their daily day lives in their own communities that's where it really mm. you know that's where the real work happens and the, the funding is to put the is to put the the processes in place to put yes. the support and the resources in place so that normal the so that everyday people can can run with mm. it yeah. so the funding is important but really that's just the, the catalysts yes. what really matters is is people you doing and me stuff. and and you know yeah there's other wonderful people out there um, so penultimate question, how many of the shifts have you done slash are you doing? Oh, well, obviously I'm, I'm having a jolly good crack at all of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think my Achilles heel is Stilton. I absolutely <laughs> love, I love blue cheese. Oh, just cheese in general. Although yeah. my, I, I'm not, I don't, I, I, I mean, sometimes have it in the house, but very rarely, but I think, you know, if I'm, if I'm out and I spy a blue cheese, pe- a blue cheese sandwich and no one's looking, right. I find it hard to resist. Yes. But yeah, I think I'm we can forgive you a Stilton sandwich. Exactly. Yeah, I hope so. Um, but yeah, as we said, you know, no more than them, no shaming. But I, I am working hard at it, and um, I think that's the that's the only one I find kind of tricky. I mean, when I, as I said, I used to fly quite a lot in my mid twenties, and uh, you know, I think that was a, a big transition. But I'm used to it now. Yeah, and are you you car because as I said, the car would be the trickiest thing for me. But it sounds like you've nailed that one, have you? No, well, I, I mean, I, I've always lived in um uh in cities so uh, okay so it makes it much easier you know, i spent a lot of my life in, so hong kong london new york and bristol yeah um, and the places i've mostly lived and all of those places you can get around without a car yeah 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 it does make it much easier um okay so final question is um like the ask for people i love it when we have a really you know definite dis- discreet sort of thing that we can ask people to do so we're basically asking people to come to the website which is takethejump.org yep and sign up to yes take, yeah okay take the jump to the future full of joy less stuff more joy brilliant um, yeah you come to our website as you said take the jump.org that takes you to the main page and if you just scroll to the bottom there's a little form uh you fill that out and you'll be introduced to all the great things we have on offer all the events um and you can sign up for one month if you want to just have a little experiment with it for three months if you want to change your habits because the research shows if you try something for three months it starts to really rearrange mm. your psychology. Uh, and if you really want to lock in a completely new way of living, try it for six months. Um, and then we put people in buddy groups. So you oh, like, nice. you'll have like a little group, you could get introduced on the Telegram, um, like a group or in some other way, depending on how you like to communicate. So you've got a little crew to go along with yes. and when, when you're worrying about, you know, or things you 
concerned about, you can talk to others. We also have global groups and forums where people oh, amazing. ideas. So you won't be alone. Yeah. Like we always say it will have an impact. You won't be alone and you will have fun. Yes. So that fun bit is, is I think, one of the things that, that is missing a lot of the time from um, sort of climatey stuff, isn't it? Because it is very serious, but it, it has, you know, sustainability yeah. sounds very dull, very worthy, very, you know, like you're going to get told off, doesn't it? Yeah. If you can't have a laugh, um, then, you know, it's a chore, isn't it? So yeah. let's, make sure we, let's make sure we can have a laugh. Brilliant. So come and sign up. And then if people want to um, then, you know, obviously sharing the fact that they've signed up and inviting other people to do that, yes. emphasize that action. Um, and then if people are interested in doing stuff in their school, workplace, community, there's ways to get in touch again, are there? Yeah. So if you want to get in touch with us, it's team at takethejump.org. Brilliant. So T-E-A-M at yep. takethejump.org. And if you do anything on social media, you have any ideas, you, you, you know, you, 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 create a you know cook a wonderful vegan meal or make mm. a second outfit share it on social media and, and tag us in um where at, uh, all of our social media handles are at take the jump now brilliant and the hashtag is the same hashtag take the jump now amazing i'll put all that in the show notes and everything for everyone and all those links and stuff but um Great. oh that's brilliant i really hope well i'm gonna run off and sign up and i hope lots of other people Woo-hoo! are as well um <laughs> and i have a think about what we might be able to do sort of online with um with the sustainable community as well because i think this is um, absolutely brilliant so we're happy to come back and talk to anyone and workshops and all that sort of stuff oh amazing it? yeah that would be brilliant fab thank you so much for your time thank you jen you wonderful sack of loveliness with me Jen Gale hopefully we've fired some neurons and we've got the old grey matter thinking about what changes you can make in your life this week to live that little bit more sustainably do let me know what that is I love to hear about the changes that people are making big or small every single one counts if you've enjoyed the show and I hope you have Do hop over to iTunes to leave a comment or a review and then the bots at iTunes will cotton on to just how awesome it is and it will show up in more people's feeds. Or at least I think that's how it works. Thanks so much for listening. I will catch you next time.